You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be giving you tips on making a great first impression before you even step onto the stage. We talk about how to create a truly engaging stage intro. That's up in a bit, but first up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with the founder of Gallivant Press, Julie Pershing. Through her company, Julie helps coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs navigate the sometimes confusing process of publishing. And many of you know that we recently published our first book at Turn Knowledge to Profit, and we know just exactly how challenging and how time-consuming that process can be and how valuable having help is. So in our time together, I want to talk with Julie about the publishing process and how entrepreneurs can benefit from writing their own book, as well as how she has grown her business and what she sees in the future. I know that she's going to have some great insights and strategies to share with us today. So let's get started. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. I'm excited about our conversation and have a little bit of knowledge in the area, and I know you've got so much to share. But before we get started with that, I would love to ask you just to share a little bit about your business, how you got it started, and how it's evolved over time. Sure, I'd be happy to go over that. Um, I've been writing um, probably, I think my first article I ever had published was when I was in the third grade. Um, I got published in the local newspaper, and um, I've just been writing since then. I've done a lot of corporate writing, and I've written a couple books that I haven't published yet, and I've just always had just an interest in books and reading, and the more that i been writing. Um, I've had friends that have come to me to do editing and um, help them with getting their books published. And so it's just a natural segue into publishing um, for me. And I started my business in 2016 um, just because I had people that were coming to me asking for help. And um, I started out with a partner, and then um, it kind of evolved into um, we were going our separate ways a little bit, and so I just decided that it was best for me to be on my own. 
And so now I'm on my own with Gallivant Press, and I have a great team of people I work with that are, um, you know, experts in their field. And, and I think that's something really important to look for is, is that you want to align yourself with people that are an expert in an area you may not be an expert in so that um, you can concentrate on the things that you're good at. I absolutely agree. I think that uh, focusing on what you do really well and then partnering and collaborating with people that can help really pull together a complete solution and really leverage the expertise of the individual contributors. Yes, definitely. And, and it just makes everything flow so much better. It makes your time um, more valuable because you can uh, go to your experts and say, hey, I need help with, you know, an interior layout or, or whatever part of, you know, for myself, whatever part of the package that I'm not the expert on. I do have experts that work with me and work with my clients. And then it just makes for a better client experience because you're not flailing trying to learn, you know, how to do Photoshop or something. Um, you, you just go to your brand person and have them mm -hmm. work with your client to, to get their perfect cover. Well, and I love that you do that. And then it's a whole, um, it's a, a cohesive experience versus what people tend to do is they go hire all the different components. But what happens is those, those different pieces don't, talk to each other necessarily or don't have um, that integration. So what you have is you have something that can be disjointed at the end and um, doesn't have the same kind of impact and results that you're looking for. Yes, exactly. And, and so I've seen I, that with, with other people. Um, I have a client right now who previously published a book and, and that was more his experience is that there were a lot of kind of disjointed things that were going on with his book, and then when it pulled all together, it, it wasn't the book that he wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm ghostwriting a book with him, and it's more cohesive. It's what he wants. And he's actually working with my team. Um, it's not me just, you know, getting someone to do something and then putting it in. It's, it's all of us working together so that it is cohesive, and it's exactly what he wants, and he's happy with it. Um, so it, it does make a big difference. It makes a big difference for the entrepreneur, and it makes a big difference for your client to have a really seamless process where they feel that their input is valuable and that they can see from start to finish how it all works together, and then you come up with a finished product that they love. I absolutely agree, and I know that was our experience when we selected a publisher. Um, they were really the connector, and you know they brought in the experts as they were needed, and it really did make a big difference in the you know how how we were able to execute, how we were able to get it done so quickly, and then how we were able to, you know, really pull it all together and just hit the goals that we were hoping for. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, and I, you... I think when you have, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was no, just going to say real quick. I think when you have an experience like that, uh, you know, if you take take your experience versus my client's first experience, you know, if that if that had been his only experience, he would have never probably wanted to to go through that again. Where your experience was a great experience, and you had support and connection and cohesiveness, then it's probably something that when you talk to other people, you say you have to do this. I can recommend this company. I had a great experience, and here's my book. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I think that that is a huge um, win for you and a huge win for your publisher that it's something that you're going to revisit and you're going to share with other people the importance of having their own book. Absolutely, and I know Michael's already working on the next one, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, that's Uh, great. Could you explain to our listeners, because I think there's a lot of confusion out there on all the different types of publishing options, whether they're self-publishing, hybrid publishing, conventional publishing. I mean, there's so many, and there might be others that, that I didn't mention, that can you just give us a, a, like a high-level overview of the different options that people have and then kind of where you fit into all that? Sure. Um, so self-publishing is exactly what it says. It's you going out um, and doing the whole thing on your own. Um, you're going to write your story, create your cover, format it, upload it, um, to Amazon so that it's available to other people. Um, you're going to work with a printing company to get actual printed books. Um, and it, it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. so um, I think people that go into self-publishing, I, I've, I've known a few people that have self-published books, and then after they've self-published a book, then they went to either a hybrid or a mainstream publishing company because they found out that it really is a lot of work and it's hard work and you know it may not be their ex- area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, so hybrid publishing is what I do and it's basically taking you through the self-publishing process but you, it, you don't have to do any of the work. I do all the work and go through all the steps to get you to your finished product. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of one-on-one author support. Um, you know, and we do the editing, the layout, revisions. We get your ebook ready for formatting, um, custom cover designs. We take care of the ISBN numbers and the barcodes and the copyright. And there's, there's a lot of steps to publishing a book. Um, right. And so a hybrid is where the the client pays us to do the publishing and then for for my company they pay me and then everything after the book is published goes back to the client it's their book they retain rights and they get paid for any any books that they sell or that sell through Amazon Mm-hmm. Um, and then mainstream or conventional publishing is where, you know, you have like a Stephen King or a J.K. Rowling um, that writes books 
and they're paid in an advance on their book. And so the, the publishing company will say, well, we're going to pay you $100,000 for this book. And then that $100,000, it really goes against the book's sales. And so they don't get paid any more money until they've had over $100,000 in sales. And so I think you know, there's some confusion with that. A lot of people, when you say you have a publishing company, mm-hmm. they think, oh, well, I, I have a book idea. What will you pay me for it? And um, you know, the, the chances of just us normal, everyday people getting a great publishing deal with a mainstream company, um, mm-hmm. you don't have as great of a chance as you do when you publish your own book and then you can go out and promote it and keep all the money and you don't have to worry about, oh, have I sold enough books to make up for the big advance that I got. Hmm. Interesting because I didn't realize, um, I've never been in that, that position, so I guess that's why I didn't realize it, but I didn't realize that, that what they're paid actually goes against the, um, what is, you know, what the book sales are. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. So yeah. what are some of the myths about publishing that you encounter, things that people think are, are true but aren't, or the things that they don't understand and how it works? I, I think that the big one is what we just talked about is the advance on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mainstream company, they'll give you an advance and they have a huge marketing department and you know, if you're a Stephen King or a very, you know, a big author like that, um, they do have a lot of money behind it, and they can get you out there and get you on media and um, market your book and get it in bookstores and online. Um, where, you know, when people go to a hybrid publisher or they do self-publishing, I think sometimes they they are confused about what what's my role in this? Um, you know, if I'm self-publishing, who's going to market for me? If I'm hybrid mm-hmm. publishing, is the marketing and um, press release and publicity part of my package? Um, so I think it's really important when you're working with someone um, you know, I have a, a customer onboarding experience where we go through all those questions and make sure that the client is really aware that, you know, this is different than main, mainstream publishing and that, you know, here, here's what we're going to do for you and then here's the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Interesting, very interesting. We need to take a real quick break. Um, But when we come back, I want to continue the conversation, and I would love to have you share a little bit about how someone can get started. They've got an idea for a book, and they don't even know where to get started. So I'd like to um, talk about that. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. 
My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with the founder of Dalavent Press, Julie Pershing. And we had a great conversation before the break, and if you missed it, you absolutely want to go and listen to it. And it really talked about the value of working with a publisher who really has a team to get a cohesive, just really on-brand final result. And I love the fact that Julie shared the different types of publishing and some of the different options and a few of the publishing myths. So if you missed it, absolutely go back and listen to the first half. And Julie, I'd love to take a little bit of a shift for the second half of our conversation and ask you to share a little bit about how someone gets started. So they've got an idea for a book. They, you know, believe it will have a big impact, but they don't even know what they don't know. They don't even know where to start. So what would you suggest? Sure. I, I absolutely can help with that. Um, so. There's a couple of things that I recommend to people. Um, one thing is um, there's a quick one-page thing that I have called Six Steps to Telling Your Story. Um, so what you want to do is, number one, tap into your emotions. So you want to, whatever you're thinking of for your book, you want to have key feelings about it. You want to list the turning points. That's number two. So the times that the direction you chose marked a significant change in your life or in um, your journey. You want to write everything down. So it might not seem like much at the time, but your memories can, one thing can lead to another. Um, so when you tie them together, that goes deeper into your story. And if you're a speaker mm -hmm. or a coach, it would be the, you know, the, the things that, that you want to hit on in your book or your um, story. You know, number four is to use your senses. Um, you know, the more 
that you have that can connect your readers with um, the things you know that you want them to feel that enriches your writing. Um, five is to find a theme. Once you start writing things down, you can even do um, just a brain download, and then you'll start to see a theme emerging. Um, mm. And then number six is just tell your story. You put your story together. You want to focus on the reader and um, helping your reader connect with your story. So, so the main thing is is to sit down and start writing. Just you know, mm -hmm. even if you um, have your main ideas and start writing your um, outline to your book, that's a great way to start. Also. Mm. So you're, what you're saying is once people start writing, they will a lot of times have that um, pattern emerge, those themes emerge, so they can really put it into something that flows. Yes, exactly. And I found, um, I thought that I knew what my first book was going to be about. And when mm -hmm. I sat down and started writing and just did a download, and had, you know, I just took a bunch of words that were resonating with me. My mm -hmm. first book was turned out to be something completely different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And so you have to be open to that too. That you know, you you might think, I, I know what I'm going to do, but then when I start this process, I see that hey, maybe this theme is what I should start with. Um, and, mm -hmm. and you know, that other book might still be there, but, you know, sometimes when you actually sit down and do the work, you find that, okay, here it is. It's all right here, and I just need to write this out. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like getting started and not be as wedded to what the book is going to be, but really look at the content and look at how it's all coming together and, you know, how it's going to make a difference for the people that are reading it. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. So once someone has an idea, they've got a pretty, what they feel is a pretty fleshed out, um, you know, content, then What's the next step, or when should they look at engaging a publisher in that process? Is it before they start putting it together, once they have it finalized? When do they know is the right time to have that conversation? You know, I like to talk, pe talk to people when they're putting it together, um, you know, and, and I build relationships so that even though you might not be ready to publish yet, you you know you're going to have questions. You want to know how to get started. What's the next step? Um, so I like to be involved in that process, but mm -hmm. it's it's actually different for each person. Um, so I'm working with a client right now whose book is going to be done um, in December, and so we've had a few conversations. And then uh, in December we're going to touch base again. And then in January is when we're going to start the publishing process for her. But you definitely mm -hmm. want to sit down and um, talk to a publisher um, or talk to someone who's even just published a book so you can get some questions answered, find out what the process is, find out if you connect with the, the publisher that you're looking at, see what mm -hmm. kind of packages they have. Is that something that's going to support what you want to do? and um, you know, what kind of author support they have. 
you know, are they available to you online through phone calls? You know, what what kind of backup do they have for you? Because because that's mm -hmm. what you want. You want somebody who's going to be there and and help you through the process and you know, you're going to hold them accountable and they'll hold you accountable. And you just want to make sure that it's someone that you're comfortable working with. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely agree. So what advice would you give someone who's ready to, you know, get started and, and ready to, to think about publishing their first book? Because I know a lot of people, and I hear it all the time, think that it's, I'll just self-publish, it's really you know, it's not that much work. And what I always tell people is do what you're really good at and let the experts do what they're good at. And I know that there's a lot that goes into it. I personally would not recommend self-publishing having seen what goes into the process because it's, mm -hmm. it, it's going to take a lot of work and take you away from doing a lot of things that you could probably do. Um, and pay for it many times over doing those things. But what advice would you give to someone who's trying to make that decision? What are some of the key questions maybe they should be asking themselves and looking at to determine if it really, you know, what's the best option? Um, I would say to start out, um, they want to find out uh, what kind of, does the publisher have packages? Do they have an a la carte menu? Um, if you really want to self-publish a book, uh, you know a publisher should be able to tell you the you know what's what's in their packages, and that's mm -hmm. going to show you all the things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, do you have you already had someone edit your book? You know, and that's a huge one. You want your book professionally edited, and Absolutely. so if you, yeah, <laughs> so if you haven't had your book edited and maybe you feel like you can do the rest of the steps, you know, if you can find a publisher that will do editing services. Or say that you're not a writer, but you have stories. You have a publisher that can either ghostwrite or do interviews with you to get your story in writing. Um, so okay. that's something that, that we do is we offer those kind of services because there are people who have um, great content and things that they, that they want to get out there, but they don't really feel that they're the kind of person that's going to sit down and write it all out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's really important to um, look at your publisher and see what they have to offer. If you really want to self-publish, um, you need to see what's involved mm -hmm. and then you know, if there's things that aren't your area of expertise, you really should go find someone who's an expert in that field and, and work with them because it just takes away from the time that you could be out promoting your book and, um, you know, getting more influence and having people realize that you're the expert and that you have a book coming out. You know, if you can have all of that going on instead of trying to figure out how to do the interior layout of your book. Right. And it really does make a difference. I know that um, one of the things at Turn Knowledge to Profit is that Michael will take someone's book and has done it a number of times um, very, very successfully and turned it into a five-part course or into a program that people are able to monetize. So there's 
a great way to monetize what their message mm -hmm. is. What yeah, exactly. other benefits would you say or would you tell people if they've got an idea and they're thinking about writing a book, why would you tell them that it's a great kind of next step or thing to do in their business? Um, I think writing a book is essential to growing your business. Um, because once you write a book, when you, if you're a speaker or a coach and you're at an event, um, the people that are there at your event, they're there because they want to hear you. They want to know, you know what your, your story is, what your background is, what is your content. And when you're at the event, if you say, I have this book that goes over what we've talked about here today, people are going to buy your book. And then your reach just grows and grows from there. And then people will go on to Google or to Amazon, and they're searching for you know, a life coach that specializes in you know, whatever they, they're looking for. And mm -hmm. your book might pop up. So it really expands your reach. It expands your influence. It will give you more opportunities for speaking and um, just you know, going to different events when you mm -hmm. are talking to other people and say that you have a book. You know, that, that lets you be the expert in your field. Um, mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of advantages to having a published book. And like you said, you can turn your book into programs. Um, you can, I know somebody who has a podcast that she started based on a book. Um, mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot of things that, that can come out of having your book published. Mm -hmm. And um, Michael did it the other way because he took the Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast and then used that as the framework for the book. So I think having a podcast, I think being an author, those are absolutely excellent ways to be seen as a leader and an influencer in your area of expertise. So this has been really um, great information. How can our listeners connect with you and learn more about what you do and what you offer? Sure. Um, so my website is Gallivant Press. Dot com and the email address is hello at Gallivant Press. Um, and I also have a, I call it a mini smart book. It's called Easy Ebook, How to Write an Ebook in Seven Days. Um, so if you are thinking of writing a book and you just want a little bit of help to get started, that's a free opt-in that I have on my website at gallivantpress.com. And um, just give me your email address, and I'd be happy to send that out for you. Perfect. Thank you. And um, for those of you that might be spelling challenged like I am, that's <laughs> Gallivant, G-A-L-L-I-V-A-N-T, press, P-R-E-S-S dot com. So yes. check it out and um, get some more ideas on how you can possibly turn your knowledge to profit by writing a book. So as we end our time together, Julie, can you share one tip or idea that our listeners can take and apply immediately to help them build and grow their business? I would say that if you are interested in writing a book, the, the best tip that I can give you is 
start writing. Quit talking mm-hmm. and start writing. And if, if you have any questions about how to get started, um, I would love to help answer questions. Um, just go to my website and, or send me an email at hello at Gallivant Press, and um, I can help you get started. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great conversation and a lot of great information. My pleasure. Thank you. We need to take another real quick break. And when we come back, it's our business builder. And I also want to invite all of our listeners today to check out our book, Turn Knowledge to Profit. You can do that at Amazon, or you can go to turnknowledgetoprofit.com. And if you've written a book or have an idea for a book, um, absolutely check out what Julie has to offer. And if you're ready to turn that book into a course or a program, let us know at Turn Knowledge to Profit, and we can tell you how that works. So stay tuned and When we come back, again, it's our business builder. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment, we're going to talk about creating a killer stage intro. And I know this is a conversation we recently had, and why do you think this is so important? Well, you know, there's that famous quote that you never have a second chance to make a first impression. And you have to think of your stage intro as your first impression. Even though you're not talking, it's someone else talking for you. It's still the first impression the audience has of you. And it really sets the context 
for what they're going to think about you, how they're going to perceive your presentation, and whether they really are going to engage with you. Well, it's interesting because you and I have seen recently a couple speakers have come in with their own 90 second video introduction versus running the risk of having someone else introduce them. So what would you suggest that a good stage introduction include? Well, first, you really you wanted to create interest in your talk. So it seems a little bit counterintuitive. They're introducing you, but you wanted to create some interest. So if you have a great title, they talk a little bit about that. And then second, you wanted to establish your credibility with the audience. So, you know, you want to make sure that they know you're credible, that when you take the stage, they want to listen to you because you really do know what you're talking about. You've lived it. You've done it. You know, you're somebody that really needs to be listened to and really, um, really absorbed. No, no, I agree. And, you know, one of the challenges people have when you're getting someone to introduce you is who should do it? Sometimes the, it's the event organizer and at an event I was recently at, people were going back and forth because I saw the background. Should I introduce them? Should you introduce them? Should someone else introduce them? And you really want it to be someone who's comfortable from the front of the room. You want it to be someone who can read well. And one of the challenges that people have is when someone knows you too well, they tend to improvise. So if you want them to read it as you've written it, you need to make sure that you ask them and have that conversation about how you should be introduced. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. I mean, and, and I know in the four or five years that you um, were the, the managing director of the Phoenix eWomen Network chapter, you had a speaker every month and, and you got the whole gamut. You got everything from speakers who just showed up with no introduction whatsoever and you had to make it up on the fly all the way up to, as you said earlier, speakers that sent you a 30 second, 60 second, 90 second, whatever it was, video introduction. Um, so, and everything in between. And so the best advice I have for speakers is to take control of your introduction. Don't let someone else control how you're gonna be introduced to the audience. And again, that's a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. It's not enough just to provide a bio to the event organizer and let them figure out what's important in that bio. Uh, I know you've gotten a bunch of those where the person thought they were being helpful. They sent you a, a one page, single spaced, right. you know, 10 point type bio and they thought that was it. And you have to go, sort of go through and pick out what you think is important because you can't stand there and read a whole, you know, bio It'll take too long and it'll bore the audience. So really what, what I would propose is that each speaker create a 30 to 45 second introduction and that it fits on one page, double spaced at 12 to 14 point type. So why do you do that? Well, you want to have something to hand to the MC or to the event organizer to say, here's my intro, just read it. I mean, obviously you wouldn't be quite that abrupt, but I mean, basically you want to hand them something. And, and let me, having been on the other side of it, 
let me tell you that they will be thrilled that you do that because they don't want to create your bio or create your intro any more than you want them to create it. It's just they've got a million things going on with an event that they're trying to coordinate. And, you know, unfortunately, creating your introduction is not going to be at the top of their list. So the more you can help them out, the better off they're going to be and the better off you're going to be. Um, so and another little trick is, and, and we kind of laughed about this uh, a little bit ago when you did a presentation, is I gave you two copies of your intro. And you said, well, why do I need two copies? Again, this is from experience that when you get to the event, you're going to give a copy of your introduction to the MC or the host or the event coordinator, whoever it is. And they're going to look at it and they're going to go, oh, this is great. Thank you very much. And then it's going to be five minutes before you're ready to be introduced. And they're going to be potentially looking through all their notes and saying, where did I put that intro? I don't have it. I, I had it here a minute ago. I, I don't know where it is. And then you're going to be able to step up and go, don't worry about it. Here's another copy. And they're going to be thrilled that you give them a nice, clean copy that they can read from when they do the introduction. They don't even have to think about it. And so, so really, if you can provide that one page, well thought out, well structured introduction for them to simply read, they will be thrilled and you will be in a much better place as a speaker. Well, it's funny you say that about two copies and this isn't about an intro, but at the event I was just at, the person who was leading it had all of her notes up on the podium and she had her closing remarks and she went to close out the conference and guess what? The paper was gone and she had it memorized it, which you usually don't. I mean, it was a very, it was a poem. It was very, very beautiful and very thought provoking. Um, fortunately, someone said, I have another copy. So they had multiple yeah. copies. <laughs> so if it's really important, make sure that you're not on your own. And again, we're not talking about other parts of the presentation, but I'm gonna throw this in too. I also had a copy of my slides and I'm glad I did because the way it was set up, I could not see what was being shown and someone else was moving the slides. So I had to have something there that I could see and know exactly where I was and exactly where my transitions were. So being prepared is absolutely key. So what are some specific things that you think a speaker should include in their intro? Well, first, you want to make sure that the audience knows that you really are an expert in whatever field you're talking about and that you've been ex you have experience in that area so that they can start to form a connection with you. They want to know that if it's a sales or if it's marketing or if it's um, success or if you know whatever it is networking confidence building whatever you're talking about they want to know that you've actually done something in that field you've you've experienced it you've you've gotten awards for it you are really an expert and they really should listen um, the second thing is they you they really want some way to engage with you on a personal level and so I know in other business builders, we've talked about the idea of attracting your ideal client and in some ways repelling those people who are not your ideal client. Well, this is the same thing. You want to create a feeling of attraction with those people in the audience that are predisposed to be attracted to you. 
And for those people that it doesn't fit, that that's okay too. Let, you know, that's fine. But you want to provide a story. I know when we, we do your introduction, we always have a little bit about the businesses you founded, the organizations you've been with, um, some of the awards that you've gotten, et cetera. So the people can start to feel like, oh, well, this could be me or, or that's interesting. I thought about that organization or I founded a business myself or I've been in that same situation before or, you know, they, they want those kinds of feelings about you as a presenter so that you can engage them. I think it is so important. And I know another thing that you do, which is really important, is having bios and introductions at different lengths. Can you just, just real quickly share the standard lengths that you like to see? And I know as a radio show host, when we're asking for people about their information, we're asking for those bios. So if you have them written, you can just pull, pull plug and play rather than having to recreate every time. Yeah, absolutely. So what we did was for each of us, we created multiple bios. So one I think is 50 words, one is 100 words, and one is 250 words because different events, different organizing groups, they ask for different kinds of bios. They want to put it in a program or they want to do something else with it. So what I do, the easiest way to do it is I write the 250 word one first and then I just cut out some things to get down to 100 and then I cut some more things to get down to 50. So now you have three nice lengths of bio. And so again, I would not provide that as your introduction. That's a little different, but you certainly can create the introduction from that bio. You wanna pull out some of the things that are most important and organize them into a way that they can be presented in 30, 60 seconds at the most. Um, the other piece of, of advice that I would give to folks uh, in terms of their intro is also think about that first slide that you have in your presentation, because it's likely that while the MC or whoever it is, is reading your introduction, that slide is going to be up on the screen. And that's really expensive real estate. You don't want to waste it on um, a nice picture of you and your name or the name of the presentation because everybody already knows what the presentation is about. You want to have some really engaging, really interesting slide that captures people's attention while your intro is being read. I'm, I'm a big proponent of always putting a quote uh, on that slide so that people are starting to read your slides and listening to your introduction at the same time, they're starting to get the feeling that this is going to be content rich. This is going to be interesting. I got to sit on the edge of my seat and really pay attention. And I know you use quotes all the time. And I know recently we shared on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page some links to some quotes. So I invite everyone to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit on Facebook and check that out. And also you share some great tips and information today. So share what you loved about today's conversation on Turn Knowledge to Profit, and let's continue the conversation. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2 
P.com. That's Michael at TK2P.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.